Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish it could Alright, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast It's Dane, I'm here with Wags Wags, got a little extra pep in my step this morning We're doing this in the morning, not after a long day of work uh, it is Christmas Eve, and we are previewing the Packers taking on the Cleveland Browns at Lambeau Field on Christmas Day on Saturday tomorrow. And uh, Wags, this is an important matchup. Packers need to just kind of keep taking care of business. They are in control of their own destiny at this point. The Green Bay Packers, if they win out, they are the one seed in the NFC. If they don't win out, uh, they're going to need help from some other good teams losing along the way. But right now, the Packers are in control of their entire destiny. The Super Bowl could drive through Lambeau Field, theoretically. So how are you feeling? Merry Christmas Eve. uh, And let's hope that the Packers bring us some gifts on Christmas Day. Yeah, that would be great. And this week, even though it's not a conference game, you said it. We've only got three regular season games left. So one step closer to locking up that one seed. We can get some help, certainly, but we've still got to win a couple of games for sure, either way. And if Dallas loses one more game here, we're looking good. But even with that, we've got to win a minimum of two games out of these last three. So uh, let's take care of business this week at home. Christmas Day, uh, Aaron Rodgers is all set to break Brett Favre's all-time touchdown uh, record. So there's lots of things on the line this week. And this is a Browns team that is going to be desperate for a win. Things are very, very, very jumbled up in their division in the AFC North. Uh, meanwhile, the Packers have a chance to go 4-0 and uh, against the AFC North if they're able to uh, come out with a victory against the Browns on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Wags, you mentioned the the record. Let's start with that because it's historical. It's incredible as far as I'm concerned. Then we'll get into the football game. But how much do you think this means to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I I think the reality here is in our lifetime, we're very likely to never see a quarterback break Aaron Rodgers' record in Green Bay. It's just unrealistic, I think, to think that we'll have that kind of greatness again, catch lightning in a bottle again. Um, How important is this record on Sunday, do you think, to Aaron and to the fan base and maybe to his legacy as a Packer? That'd be a great question for Aaron. I mean, obviously, his legacy stands on its own. What he's done for the organization and his career speaks for itself, Uh, but uh, certainly happy for him. Uh, that he has the opportunity to break this record and do it at home. And uh, certainly there was maybe not outright acrimony between he and Favre at the beginning of his career, but uh, certainly the circumstances both personally and for the organization were not ideal uh, for both of those guys, to put it lightly. And so for Aaron to be here, um, you know, 14 years after he started uh, his opportunity to be the starting quarterback for the Packers and, and his 17th season overall. Uh, it just doesn't happen in pro sports all that often. And all of the offseason drama aside, it's pretty special. 
I think that this is happening at home at Lambeau. Would it would have it been nice for him to get the record last week and then maybe things aren't so close at the end? Yes, and I'm sure he would have liked to get that throwback, but now it's done and over, so we're here coming into Green Bay on Saturday. I, th- I expect the fans um, will will be very, very positive, obviously, uh, and uh, it's going to be a, a pretty cool environment uh, because uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw at least uh, one touchdown, and I think he'll throw more than uh, one on Saturday. So uh, it's exciting, I think, for the Packers, and, and look, even – for folks that maybe would say they liked Favre better than Aaron, that's not what this is about. It's about celebrating, as you said, the fact that we've got lightning in a bottle with two all-time NFL Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have played majority of their careers with the Green Bay Packers. And certainly we haven't seen the rest of Aaron's story uh, play out. I hope they figure things out, uh, but that's for the off season uh, and uh, he's able to continue. But even if he's not, uh, what he's accomplished is just truly remarkable. So congratulations in advance to Aaron. Um, you know, very happy for him. Uh, but it's again, it's not about Aaron versus Brett. So I really hope fans don't break it down like that. Let's just yeah. celebrate how fortunate we are as fans of the greatest organization of the world uh, to have two uh, amazing, amazing players uh, to play uh, co- the quarterback position. Uh, and uh, you're right. It's going to be tough <laughs> when it's over, but uh, let's just uh, celebrate the ride for now. Yeah, and all eyes, I think, will be on Lambeau tomorrow. I, I'm not sure how many Christmas Day games there are. I don't think there's many, right? So I think that um, folks are going to have their their Christmas breakfast, may hopefully with family or, you know, uh, however folks do it, and then sit down and watch the Green Bay Packers in the afternoon. Aaron seems to thrive with a lot of eyes on him. This Packer team seems to play well on national TV as well. Um, I expect them to come out hot. I said that last week, and they came out a little flat. I, I really think that, you know, this has been a team that's been puzzling. I think this year they're winning at an incredible clip this this season. Again, a lot of the guys that have been in previous Pro Bowls have been injured. We've all talked about that a ton. Um, but one one thing that's so different from last season outside of the injuries, um, I would say, is the lack of fast starts from this offense. And um, Wags, maybe we start there today, if you're comfortable with that, and talking about this Packers offense against this Cleveland Browns uh, defensive front. Um, Where do you see some of the mismatches? Where do you see some of the concerns? Let's break it down a little bit. And do you think the Packers can get off to a little bit faster at the start today, or excuse me, tomorrow on Christmas? Yeah, this is a really good Browns defense, and uh, they're getting a bunch of guys back. Um, they also are going to be missing a few key players. So um, we saw uh, Jalen Johnson, the third, um, is out as uh, safety, um, and he's he's a big key. Or I'm sorry, John Johnson, the third, um, he's out, and, and he's a big key uh, on the back end. But they've got a really big good secondary room. Um, some 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 guys that they've invested in early in the draft in the last few years, similar to what the Packers have done, and and uh, they've played really well. So um, I think we're not going to see as much of a porous secondary as we did against the Ravens last week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they try to match up 
uh, to the Packers wide receivers and, and tight ends in a pass game. Um, and up front, uh, they've got a really, really stout and strong defensive line. Uh, Miles Garrett is a little dinged up coming into this one with the groin injury, but all indications, even though he didn't practice this week, is he's going to be a go. Uh, he's come out and said, probably to the displeasure uh, of his head coach, that he expects to be playing on Saturdays. So, um, you know, things could happen to prevent that, but uh, he's going to he's gonna be a, a load to deal with. I don't care if he's got an injury or not. Um, I think the Packers are going to be have to be very prepared uh, to deal with what Miles Garrett can do from a disruptive factor, both in the run and in the pass game. So um, this is going to probably be a bigger challenge for the Packer offense than we've seen in the last few weeks coming out of the bye. Uh, so um, banged up or not, this is a, a pretty strong Browns uh, team on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, not a lot of teams are putting up points even in the 20s against this Browns defense. They've had some weird games here and there where things have just kind of blown up. Um, but uh, I don't think we can necessarily count on that to happen this week. So, um, so yeah, Dane, I think the biggest thing is what's going to be interesting with the fast start is last week, Clearly, they tried to do something different. They handed the ball off on the first two downs, which isn't – that's not really their MO, but they wanted to try to get the run game going against that Ravens defensive line last week. They were able to push and got a third and short situation, and we know the uh, you know the, the pass to Devontae that Aaron just missed on, um, that he was wide open. So things were set up correctly. So I think they're going to try to do something similar, not necessarily – run the ball um, on first and second down. But um, I think they're going to want to try to put themselves in a situation where if they don't get a first down on either of the first two plays, that is a third and short. Uh, and that way they don't allow the Browns to gain some momentum right off the bat because they're put in a third and long situation and they're able to um, you know, pin their ears back and then put a ton of pressure on Aaron right away in that first series and force a three and out. So um, however they want to scheme up the plays, I expect some not necessarily short rhythm passes or runs, but something to the effect that gets uh, some positive yardage right away and and gives the Packers a chance to move the chains at least once or twice. And then let's see what happens for the rest of the drive. Because um, a lot of the times, I, I, I could be wrong, Dane, but doesn't it seem like it's not only that they aren't scoring on that first series or two, uh, but it's also that they're failing to even move the chains uh, at all. And, and they've had a, a number of three and outs or even just one first down and then they're punting. Yeah, I, I think you're correct. Uh, I think you're correct on all of that, Wags. And, you know, you mentioned um, not not letting the, you know, the, the Packers maybe not getting those three and outs and getting not getting off to that fast start. I, I think that the matchup that I really want to pay attention to and that, you know, quite frankly, frightens me is is Miles Garrett. Um, you mentioned him, you know, he, his groin injury situation. He's going to go. Uh, he said he's going to go. And um, Yash Nyman has played remarkable football uh, in a pinch this year. Really, really kind of ultimately our third left tackle. When you think about it, the way that the, the Packers shuffled Elton Jenkins over to left tackle. And now he's been pressed into service. This is going to be his, I believe, seventh start uh, potentially for the Packers this, this year, if my, uh, if my uh, numbers are correct here. And 
it's a tall order for anybody to go against somebody of Miles Garrett's stature. Um, he's playing at a defensive player of the year level. He really is. He's that good. He's mean. He's nasty. He's fast off the snap. He uses his hands well. He's able to get good separation from the offensive tackles. He's fast enough to just beat a left tackle around the corner. He does all of the things you would hope a pass rusher can do. And now you got Yash Nyman over there. Um, so that's the that's I think the key to the game. If the Packers can set the tone early and, and you know start playing downhill, so to speak, and, and put the Browns defense on their heels a little bit, I think that it would behoove the Packers. I think it would certainly take some of the pressure off of Yash Nyman, uh, and it would give the Packers a chance to give a lot of different looks. So if they're not able to do that. Uh, it could be a very long day for Yash. And that's not a knock on Yash, who's been so good this year. But um, Miles Garrett gives everybody fits wins, right? He gives every left tackle in the league. He'll give David Bakhtiari challenges. Um, so that's what I want to pay attention to. And I'm wondering, do you think that the Packers keep, um, you know, bringing some help there and really pay attention to Miles on that left side with um, with Mercedes Lewis. Um, what's the game plan there? Because um, I, I don't think I'm living in a vacuum here. I think the Packers offensive coaching staff understands as well how big of a handful Miles Garrett has been in this league the last couple of seasons. Uh, so how do you think the Packers counteract somebody of that ability uh, tomorrow? Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they start with help right off the bat or if they try to see how he can stand up. Um, and the same with Dennis Kelly as well, because I don't think Miles Garrett's just going to stay on one spot uh, uh, on the edge or on the defensive line. Um, I, he he moves around a bit. So the the downside to uh, chipping and helping and committing is that it, it limits the number of guys then the uh, defense has to cover. So um, they might try to start off with not giving him help and see how he does. I, I don't know if that's wise to do, or maybe in obvious past situations, they give him a little bit of extra help. Um, but it's an adjustment that they, I'm sure, will be prepared to make uh, if they need to throughout the game. Uh, go back to, we're talking just about Yash Nyman, but just go back to his first two starts. Uh, he, he went against San Francisco, and so he had Boza to deal with. And then the next week it was Pittsburgh and it was uh, Watts. So uh, two premier pass rushers in his first two starts, and they gave him plenty of help. So I think they certainly, you're right, understand uh, that uh, Miles Garrett is a, another level, but he's one of those type of guys in a Bosa or a Watt, and they've figured out how to communicate and give him help in the past. He's grown and developed, and, and they haven't had to give him a lot of help in other games, uh, and he's done pretty well. So um, I think they'll try to get away with as much as they can while understanding that someone of, of Miles Garrett's um, caliber is, is certainly going to be a lot for any player. You're, you're right. It could be Bakhtiari out there, and, and they probably wouldn't need to give him as much help, but um, even even Bakhtiari would have his hands full, as you said. So uh, this this is going to probably be a dusted off and see what tweaks they can make. Good news is, Dane, um, just to address some injury updates, I don't know. We don't know for sure if he's going to go, but Dominique Daphne was back at practice all week, and he's the type of guy. He's not really a threat in the pass game, but he, you know, they'll put him in motion uh, pre-snap, 
and uh, line him up, and he's going to run block and he's going to pass block a lot. So uh, if Daphne's ready to go, that could be a, a really low-key, under-the-radar type of development that could help this Packers offense quite a bit um, uh, on both edges uh, to be able to help with some of that protection. I love that insight because, Wags, I think that's something last week that we saw was how darn good the Packer tight end uh, room was and how all of them made impacts in this Packer offense in different ways. Um, as it gets colder at Lambeau Field, I would love to see da- 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 you know Daff get back in the mix as well coming off this injury. He's had a couple minor injuries this year. Um, you know, that, that, uh, he's been banged up for a couple of games. It'd be really nice to get him worked back in, in this room, because I think that that gives this Packers offense kind of their full arsenal to, to work with there. And I'd like to see him, I'd like to see Daff in the backfield a little bit. We saw DeGuara do that this last week. And I thought to some varying degrees of success, he was, he was pretty good back there, but I think that's where Daphne really shines. He's such a good lead blocker out of the backfield. He also gives you a soft pair of hands out of that backfield. He's not as big uh, of a guy who gets worked in. He's not uh, generally the, the, um, number one look for Aaron or number one read for him on pass plays. But um, I, I promise you, Aaron is seeing the field so darn well right now. He will find a way to get Daphne and some of these other tight ends, the ball, like we saw with Tyler Davis last week. Um, one of the concerns I have with chipping uh, or, or keeping a, a extra tight end in, as you mentioned, is, um, you know, losing that weapon. Mercedes Lewis has been quietly a very, very good receiving tight end this year for the Packers as well. He's he's had a number of games where he's around that 40 to 50 yard mark this year and has really been able to help move the chains. DeGuire has been helping move the chains as well. So we'd love to see Dominic Daphne back out there because um, I think this Packers offense, you can't really use enough tight ends in this offense the way that they work. They use them as tight ends in line. They use them as H-backs. They'll sometimes put them in the backfield as more of a fullback um, and different guys do different things. And I think that Daff does a really good job. He and DeGuara kind of give you different things than maybe a Tyler Davis and a Mercedes Lewis do. So it gives this Packers offense a full arsenal uh, on that front. Now, Wags, oh, go I ahead. I was going to say one other thing, um, not to jump in, no, but please. I, I think it probably leads into what you were probably going to mention, if I, if I could guess. Um, I'd like to see us be physical up front as well. And this is a Browns defense that does pretty well against the run. Um, they're in the top 10 against the run and yards per carry this year. But uh, let's try to beat them at their game a little bit. They're going to try to run the ball uh, offensively against this Packers defense. We know that. And we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, but this could be kind of a war of attrition type game in that uh, who ever is able to win the time of possession and is playing with a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, if if you're able to play physical football uh, with this Browns defense, uh, perhaps they wear down a little bit, as you said, uh, coming into Lambeau, um, it's going to be cold. It's not maybe super cold, but um, you know, think people can start to wear down uh, a little bit more in those conditions uh, kind of it's, it's different than playing in the hot weather, but kind of the same type of effect uh, over a four quarter football game. So um, I think especially with, Garrett dealing with the injury, his stamina may not quite be what it normally is, uh, not being able to practice. And with a groin injury, you're not going to necessarily be able to get a lot of 
conditioning work in either. So um, uh, not to take advantage of that, but honestly, I think the Packers would be trying to be physical and, and win the run game. And that plays to the strength of Nyman and Dennis Kelly. Those guys, I think, are really, they're big dudes and they like to run block. And we've seen that in the last couple of weeks where they'll run right, they'll run left uh, behind either of those guys. And uh, it seems like a, a lot of times they're able to pr- pr- open up some pretty nice holes for whoever is running the ball, whether that's Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. Uh, so, um, you know, this is the type of game where it might be a little bit of a grinder uh, for the first couple of quarters, uh, but that doesn't bother me so much because um, then we can get that pa- play action game going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that can open up some things uh, for the Packers downfield later in the game. That's great insight. One guy legs, uh, their will linebacker, this rookie Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Somebody that Packer fans and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be keeping a a big eye on. Uh, He has really shown well on tape despite the injuries. Yeah, last week the Browns were just ravaged by COVID. They they were actually moved to what, Monday or Tuesday? Um, and now I have to turn around and play a Saturday game, which I want to ask you about in a second. Uh, But watch this young linebacker. He is incredibly fast. He looks, he shows those instincts. You know, you can see some guys that are fast, but they don't necessarily know where the ball is at all times. This young guy flies around the field. I've watched a couple Browns games this year and he just looks like he knows what he's doing. He can be a bit of a difference maker on this defense. Um, so I wanted to highlight him because I think that he, he can be a little bit of a concern there, but Wags going back then, how much does the short week do you think cause concern for the Browns? And I'm going to just ask on the defensive side right now, um, the, the short week there. And also um, um, in addition to the short week, um, just the uh, the COVID situation that they've been dealing with. They had so many guys out, even if they're getting some of them back. I, it's not totally clear how many of them are going to be back. I'm guessing a majority of them will be, but um, losing a week of football that way, do you think that they're off their rhythm a little bit? And then also having to travel to Lambeau. It's not even a home game. I'm just kind of curious your take on all that, because that's a lot of adversity for a Browns team all at once to deal with and then to do it under the, the lights of a national audience. Yeah, we'll see. And there's some guys that haven't cleared COVID protocols yet, including Baker Mayfield, that may need to, if he does, uh, travel to Green Bay on Saturday morning. So um, that will be kind of a hectic schedule. Uh, So obviously that you would think would have an impact, uh, but we'll see. Uh, You know, they're on the flip side. If they were asymptomatic, they could be fresh. They probably, thanks to the technology of the modern day, they've been in meetings all week, so they could also be fine. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it it would be silly, though, to not think that that could be a factor. So I think that's definitely a a good point. I do want to uh, get to the question that we got in the chat here from Pearson. Uh, Any jumbo packages with Daphne and Dylan in the backfield? So, Dane, what do you think about that? Oh, Pearson, you're talking my language, man. (laughs) I would love to see Daph and Dylan in the backfield at the same time and just play some power football. Um, You know, it makes it reminds me a little bit of those John Kuhn days where he's just running downhill, clearing out linebackers. Um, I love the idea of it. And that's what Daphne gives Right. That's what that's why we love Dominic Daphne so much. He gives you these looks where when they're in the huddle, 
the defense doesn't really know how the Packers are going to line up because Daff can be in the backfield with Dylan. And then the next snap Daff stays on the field. They huddle up again. And then Daff, you know, lines up in line a tight end or as the H back. And it just gives you so many different looks that then the Browns have to try to decipher. So uh, Pearson, I'm all about it. Give me as much Dominic Daphne and uh, AJ Dillon running downhill football, punching the mouth football at Lambeau uh, as I can take. Cause I, you know, my, I am full, I'm ready for it. What do you think, Lex? Yeah. I mean, we've seen those types of packages and, and even if Daff isn't lined up as a fullback in the backfield, they, they may be putting him in motion um, and certainly are going to have him involved as a lead blocker. Uh, I thought Dane, I was setting you up there famously when John Kuhn is you make, and since you make the reference, you would always say it's December at Lambo and it's yes. time for John Kuhn to get into the end zone. Uh, in fact, I think you even picked up John Kuhn, uh, for fantasy uh, a number of times over the years to the disdain of, of all of your fellow league mates. And, but more often than not, John Kuhn made you look good and he would rumble and get into that end zone either with a reception or a uh, handoff. So I think we I were know at that. Lambeau for one of those games <laughs> together. <laughs> Christmas at Lambeau. I don't know if Daff is going to follow that same script, but the dude played running back in college. That's kind of where he made his bones. So uh, it, it, he's probably capable of it. I, I, I would say it's not likely to probably hand the ball off to Aaron Jones or uh, A.J. Dillon first. But you never know. Maybe a true end around with Dominique Daphne is in the cards and is in the playbook at some point if uh, Coach LaFleur and the offensive staff want to pull that out. Wags, let's talk just big picture Packer offense then. You know, we've got all these other weapons uh, that, that we're working with. Um, looking at this Browns defense, you mentioned that uh, John Johnson the third has already been ruled out of this game. A huge loss for this Browns D. He's a fantastic safety in this uh, in this league. Um, my understanding is Greg Newsom the second, their rookie corner. I believe he went to Northwestern, right? Um, he is uh, just was placed on the COVID list. I think it's unlikely he's going to be able to play as a result of that. So now the Browns are going to be down a couple of their starting DBs. Now Denzel Ward. That guy can absolutely ball. We've seen him ball at corner. Uh, Ronnie Harrison's a good football player as well. Um, their, their backup uh, safety there, Grant Delpit, just came off the COVID list. He's a pretty good player uh, at times. But my point being, there is exploitable guys now, I think, in the defensive backfield for the Cleveland Browns. Um, do you see the Browns doing something similar to what the Baltimore Ravens did and try to just take away Devontae at all costs? MVS right now is on the COVID list. So we're down the guy who stepped up when uh, uh, the opposing team tried to wipe out Devontae the best that they could. Uh, do you expect, uh, you know, somebody else to step up in this Packers offense? Or do we just run the ball, run the ball best we can, and then just let Aaron find the open receiver and give what this Browns defense takes? Yeah, I mean, as much as it, you could say it didn't work because the Packers offense hummed along last week. And in some ways, what the Ravens did worked because they slowed down Devontae. He was able to still get in the end zone, obviously, but uh, 50 yards receiving for Devontae Adams is not uh, his typical day at the office. So 
could they do that? Sure. Uh, I would be surprised if more teams don't. Uh, there's obvious downsides to that. But as you said, if MBS is out this week, and obviously Cobb is, is, it has and will be out, uh, we're down a couple of pass weapons. So um, Lazard played pretty well last week. Uh, he had the drop that he needs to secure, and that gets him into the end zone. Um, obviously, our tight ends did really well. So, uh, and I don't think that's an accident. Uh, they were probably ha- seeing openings in the defense that they don't normally get. Uh, but when you commit two, three guys to one player, it's going to be pretty tough not to have other guys open. And Aaron Rodgers has proven, and he proved clearly on display all week last week that he's going to find those open guys. So you can try to throw those looks up, uh, but these other guys are pros too. And uh, even if MVS is not cleared uh, protocol, I think uh, we're going to have enough other guys available that Aaron is going to have confidence in. And, and it's just incumbent on them then uh, to make the plays when they're called upon. And I think they will. So um, they can try that. Uh, and while, look, I, I think both Aaron and Devante would really love to have that touchdown uh, go to Devante for sentimental reasons, but also because that makes Devante, uh, he'll be ahead of Jordy Nelson as the most touchdown receptions by any player from Aaron Rodgers, because uh, he's tied with Jordy for that right now as well. So I, I think they kind of, and I hope that doesn't affect the game flow, uh, because I think they, they both of them so badly want uh, that to be the connection. I just hope that we don't get down into the goal line and they're forcing the ball to Devante because of that. Um, it would be great if it happens, but let it happen organically. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, these other guys uh, should have some opportunities for sure. Mentioning Daphne, um, Tyler Davis had an opportunity last week. So those are guys that may not get three, four, five targets, but um, they could get a couple. Uh, and uh, if they're able to, make those receptions. A lot of times those are big catches in situations that uh, keeps the Packers offense on the field or perhaps even gets them into the end zone. So uh, yeah, could they, we'll, I, they could. Um, I would argue that I don't think it's the best defensive strategy. I mm-hmm. get why the Ravens did it uh, particularly because their secondary was so depleted. It was almost out of necessity more than anything. Um, it was worth the try. Uh, I don't think it worked really well uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, And uh, so I don't know that that's going to be something that other teams will definitely copy, but they could. Um, So I think we'll just have to wait and see on Saturday. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if the Browns roll out right off the bat a week later with a similar look, or if they look at it and say, you know, um, we've got another enough guys in the secondary that we feel we can match up. Okay. Devontae yeah. can get his, but let's shut down the other guys. And I think that's been the prevailing strategy for most other defenses in the league. Wags, just first, you, you mentioned it, but how incredible to pass Jordy Nelson. Uh, it seemed like, just remember how prolific Jordy was, Aaron to Jordy was, uh, for, for all of those years. To yeah, see the back shoulder. And that was incredible. And then over the top, too. That combination yeah. is crazy. It's crazy to think that Devontae's past him, you know, or is going to do that. Uh, it's just a, it's an incredible uh, thing to see, and it'd be really nice to see that as well uh, on Christmas. Now, anybody else that stands out to you, Wags, on the offensive side, 
Um, you know, it, the, the offensive line is going to be the offensive line we're working with. David Bakhtiari will not be going uh, again this week. Uh, Billy Turner also. I, Dane, I wanted week. to ask you, A.J. Dillon didn't have his most productive game last mm-hmm. week. Uh, and it's uh, on the flip side, Aaron Jones looked healthier than he's looked in over a month. <laughs> and so it, it's going back to that question of how do we have the balance with the run mm-hmm. pass, but then also how do we have the right balance with you know, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And you've said, just take the hot hand. And I think Aaron Jones is going to be given the first opportunity to do do that most weeks. Um, So that's fine. But wouldn't it be nice to have both of them really, you know, cooking at the same time? And could this be a little bit of a bounce back game for AJ Dillon this week? It's a great question. And folks that are watching, feel free to drop any questions you have in the comments. We'd be happy to answer them. Right now we're talking Packers offense. Uh, Browns D, we'll be talking Packers D here in a shortly. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I it's, it's a good problem to have, Wags. I'll tell you that. You know, like, do you go with your, your 250-pound stud or do you go with your – uh, you know, speed, speedy Aaron Jones, who just has a nose for the end zone. I, I think that we're going to see a little bit more of the hot hand this week, but I'd like to see a little bit more um, even distribution between the two. Um, this feels like a more of an AJ Dillon game to me. I don't know why he's, he's just the big back. This is a physical Browns defense. Not that Aaron Jones isn't crazy physical runner, um, but I just, it feels like A.J. Dillon is going to get uh, at least a couple touches here um, down near the goal line uh, on uh, on, on uh, Christmas Day. Um, but I, I continue, and I'll beat this drum, I, I will continue to ask to see Aaron Jones in the pass game. The Packers have done a good job. Aaron Rodgers has found Aaron Jones for a couple of really cool catch and runs uh, here this season. But I'd love to see him just continue to get mixed in there. I like Aaron Jones's hands. And I, and another thing that I would like to see more, we talked about Daphne in the backfield with A.J. Dillon. How about some more Aaron Jones with A.J. Dillon in the backfield? Those two on the field at the same time with Devontae Adams out there as well. It's pick your poison if you're the defense. And I know you can't just, if this isn't Madden, you can't just throw them all out there all the time and just let them run. It's, that doesn't work that way. Um, but in key situations, if we could have Dylan, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams on the field at the same time, it's really, really going to be uh, a stressor for that defense to try to keep up with all three of them. And, and all three of the, uh, those guys give the Packers different things that they could work with. And I don't know, as a defensive coordinator, how you try to, um, how you try to manage that um, you know, when you've got that kind of three-headed monster of talent on this Packers offense. So I would like to see Coach LaFleur dial some of that up a little bit more in uh, critical situations as the season continues. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I get that they want to keep both those guys fresh and healthy uh, throughout the season. But now that we're getting down to the end here, why not give both of them uh, a few extra snaps? And that's a perfect way to do it. And even if they don't do anything particularly special uh, with those uh, personnel groupings. The bigger point that you're making is, is it forces the defense to account for, you know, one or two extra guys where they are. And both Dylan and Aaron Jones have shown that they can go in motion and line up uh, outside in the slot or as a wide receiver. And both of them are uh, weapons in the past game and have proven that they need to be accounted for in those situations as well. So uh, yeah, it's it, the it, opportunities are kind of endless. Uh, so it's exciting. It's interesting. I, I 
will be happy either way, but I have uh, just the opposite. I have a gut feeling that this is a big Aaron Jones game. So I know I set you up with A.J. Dillon, but I think this is a week that Aaron Jones just sort of takes over and Packer fans go, oh, yeah, that's why we bought him back and we need to get more Aaron Jones. And he's kind of the little engine that keeps this Packer offense humming. So, um, you know, like I said, I'll take either way, but uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But one way or the other, they've got to get get something out of one of these two guys for sure. Wags, uh, Lee86 asked the question, do you think there's a reason you don't see Amari in the offense? Um, I've got a couple opinions, but what's your take? Go for it. Yep. Uh, Go for it, Dan. I'll tell you what, I, I, there's a couple things. One of them, I'm wondering if, um, up until this point, um, they wanted him to focus on the one thing they're asking him to do, which is return punts. Uh, is it a mental thing? Uh, don't spread a young guy too thin. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, um, we're not seeing what he's doing in practice. So I'm not sure if, if the route running's not crisp enough, um, but something tells me there may not be uh, a trust quite there yet or a rapport between Aaron Rodgers and Amari Rodgers. And, um, you know, why waste snaps basically with Amari Rodgers out there if uh, he's not running crisp routes. Now that's me uh, maybe just guessing a little bit. We don't see what's going on in practice, but I've got to think that the guys that show up in practice force their way onto the field. This Packers uh, offensive coaching staff has proven we're talking about guys like Tyler Davis and Dominic Daphne, guys that came in with very little to no fanfare within the last couple of years and have earned the right to get on the field. Uh, These aren't guys that were high draft pick by the Packers. These were just guys that figured it out and were able to get on the field. So this isn't a team that uh, isn't afraid to put talent out on the field if they're showing in practice. So I am curious what he's showing in practice. uh, And I'm curious if there's a trust issue there right now where maybe he's just not doing enough uh, what they need him to do uh, on the field. But I wouldn't mind seeing Amari Rogers on the field more, especially in kind of some of the motion work. He's a speedy guy. I think he's a talented guy. And I'm wondering if they mix him in, but with some of the special teams issues that we're seeing from Amari Rogers as well, um, I'm not sure if we're going to see that anytime soon. Wag, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons I like this question, Lee, thank you. Is, yeah. um, it's a good question. It makes, makes me stop and think that, you know, the Browns with their ability and especially with Miles Garrett, who we talked about earlier to cause disruption upfield uh, a great way to counter that is to spread them out and uh, try to make them cover um, sideline to sideline so a guy like a Mary, Mary Rogers could be someone that uh, you know maybe he's not going to get a lot of work as a receiver in the past game but could they use him in motion could they give him the ball uh, on a, a jet sweep uh, on a player to this week and just to keep the defense honest and, and slow their uh, pass rush down in certain situations. So uh, that could be something. And it's a pretty easy, um, low risk way to get the young guy involved on a play like that. As long as he understands, don't be fancy. If they cover it up, just run upfield and, and try to get to the line of scrimmage or just get what you can get um, instead of getting, disrupted for a big loss. Um, and as long as he's doing that, that could be something that the Packers could add as a slight wrinkle. Um, they, they've done that with Alan Lazard a couple of times mm-hmm. this season. Uh, so I think he's probably the first guy uh, that they're going to utilize for that type of play. Uh, but 
Amari Rogers, if MVS is unable to unable to go, could get a few reps. So maybe he's someone that they would try to get involved a little bit in the rhythm of the game, and perhaps that gives them some confidence uh, in the special teams area as well. That's good. That's good insight. Uh, again, anybody who's watching have any questions, we're happy to uh, answer them real quick on the Packers' offensive side of the ball. We'll be flipping to defense here in a, just a moment here. Yeah, um, so let's take a break, Dave. Let's do it. Um, talk about our sponsor while people queue up those questions. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, and, Dane, this is kind of a crazy week with all of the uh, – Cancel well, not cancellations, reschedulings of games, etc., uh, to try to keep up with daily fantasy. But um, you have been keeping us posted all season. So any sneaky picks that your wife Andrea has, she's been doing a great job of giving us some good selections for daily fantasy football. You know, I think she's keeping that under the radar for now. I think she's being a little coy with me. We were talking about it this morning right before uh, you and I jumped on to start the podcast. But I I can tell you she's really enjoying the DraftKings Sportsbook. She used the promo code TPPN to, uh, you know, get some free bets, basically, is all came down to. She'd never used this app before, Wags. Um, and she's been winning. She's had a couple down weeks. She's had a lot of really, really good weeks. Um, I think that she'll be a little Packer heavy this week. Uh, and she, she, she did give me one piece of advice. She will not be taking Chubb uh, tomorrow. And I, I think that tells me she thinks this Packer defense is going to do stuff. But again, Dra- uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, official sponsor of our podcast. They're doing great stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, she, again, Andre used promo code TPPN uh, to get some free bets. It's really easy to do, and it's a lot of fun to uh, keep you warm during NFL football season. All right. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 pods and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, so, Dane, uh, speaking of the Packers' defense against this Browns offense, I think this is where our – advantages could really come into play. Now the Browns, we know they like to run the ball. I I was looking before we came on. It's an interesting thing. This is an offense that's been struggling. Baker Mayfield, I think a lot of folks know has been um, kind of dealing with some injuries and, and maybe some performance issues. A lot of Browns fans are wondering, is this a guy that we really want to pay to be our starting quarterback moving forward? So that's for them to figure out. Uh, But what I will say is that in um, the last nine weeks, Browns have only scored over 20 points twice, uh, which is pretty incredible. So uh, they've been able to tread water uh, without being a very highly productive offensive team. One of those weeks they had was sort of an anomaly as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but 
they still did it. They put up 40 against uh, the Steelers. But uh, that was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Kareem Hunt, it looks like, is not going to be available for this game. Uh, even if he clears COVID protocols, uh, they're thinking his injury, ankle injury, is likely to keep him out this week. So uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, chub. And you, you're you saying that the Packers might have some things dialed up. Maybe we should have Andrea on to explain exactly what that is because he's a heck of a player. Uh, but, Dane, I'll give you the floor. Uh, because that's going to be the biggest key. I don't see the Browns' pass offense. Can they make some plays? Sure. But that's not what really concerns me. How do we slow down this run game? Uh, Because that's going to make it a long, long day, I think, for this Browns' offense to try to put up not only points but enough points to keep up to what the Packers are going to want to do. Let me answer that question. Then we've got a question in the chat. It's about the Packers' offense. Let's stick to defense for a second, then we'll answer your question, Pearson. Um, So – I'll tell you what, um, one of the big things coming into this is it sounds like Kenny Clark is going to be able to go for the Packers this week. So that's a huge addition if he's able to come back off the COVID list. Um, all indication is he is, uh, from, from what I've read at least. Uh, I don't think it's official yet, though. But if he's able to come back, um, the mismatch that is created by Kenny Clark coming back uh, at the same time that uh, Cleveland Brown center, J.C. Treader, a former Packer center, uh, it, it will not be able to go because of the COVID list. The, I am circling on the calendar or on the, on the, the, the game to, uh, this uh, Saturday, Kenny Clark versus Nick Harris. Nick Harris is going to have his absolute hands full against Kenny Clark uh, on, uh, on, on Saturday. And I think that that's where it all starts. Um, if Kenny Clark is able to blow up the interior of this Cleveland Browns offensive line, it's going to be a big challenge for Nick Chubb to get going. Um, That being said, Chubb is an absolute beast, folks. Um, So if he's able to bounce outside, the Packers have had a lot of trouble with contain the last few weeks, sometimes on quarterback, sometimes on running backs. Um, But if the Packers are able to, to, um, you know, dominate at the point of attack the way I think they could against this Browns offensive line, particularly with Kenny Clark up the middle, uh, and then help with the contain and swarm to the football, uh, that's going to be a really good start. Last week, Overall, I thought the tackling was pretty good by the the Green Bay Packers. When they got to the ball carrier, they were able to bring them down. Every week you're going to see a missed tackle here or there, but it certainly hasn't been uh, some of the, the poor tackling that we've seen from this defense in past seasons. This year, this team has been very good at wrapping up, swarming to the football, um, you know, grabbing on and knowing that another man's going to get there pretty quickly to bring down the hammer. So I think that uh, we're going to need this defense to just play uh, with a lot of trust behind them. Know that, you know, keep Chubb inside. Don't let him bounce it outside and know that you're going to have other guys in the interior. Uh, I also think Wags Devondre Campbell has something to prove. The fact that he wasn't put on the Pro Bowl uh, list at all, not even as an alternate, with the way he's played this year, I promise you he would rather go to a Super Bowl because those are a lot cooler bowls than Pro Bowls. However, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's going to come out and he's going to lay some wood uh, on national TV. I really think he's going to. And that's part of the reason this Packers defense has been better against the run this year is because Campbell has played so well uh, in the interior of this defense. He's a sure tackler. He's a general on the field. You can see him barking out play calls. Um, he just kind of takes charge 
I think, of that huddle. So we're going to see him filling gaps. I think Chris Barnes, we're going to see a heavy dose of Chris Barnes and Campbell again on Saturday. And um, I think it's going to be a group effort, but they need to keep contain wags. They're going to need to win point of attack and then sure tackling against somebody like Chubb. Uh, easier said than done, but they've been doing a better job of that as the seasons progress. I expect them to build on that on Saturday. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is, it plays into um, stopping the run is, is I don't really see any true deep threats on this Browns right. offense in terms of their wide receiver group. Um, it, and even if they're there, I am not terribly concerned with whomever they end up having under center on, on Saturday, being able to complete those passes more often than not. Uh, you've, for those of you that have watched us throughout the season, you've heard me kind of challenge uh, some opposing quarterbacks that we've played in some uh, regards by saying, hey, prove that you can actually do it consistently. Mm-hmm. Even if you do it once, I, it's not ideal. I, I, I never like to give up a big play, but can you do it more than once? Because you're probably going to have to do it more than once in order to score up enough points to, to beat the Packers on most game days. So uh, I, there's quarterbacks that I would not say that about, uh, but this week is definitely one of those weeks where I'm just thinking we can afford to really be aggressive in closing out on pass routes and, and jumping some routes. And maybe that gets us an interception or forces them into a mistake or two. Uh, but that also enables uh, our DBs to really be more aggressive against this run game as well and help out as needed. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Clark getting back is definitely the biggest key, but he's going to have help behind them as well. And and I think I'm excited to see how this Packer defense responds uh, for a month now. There's been some, not outright concern uh, from a lot of Packer fans, but some squeamishness. And I, I get it. The defense uh, hasn't necessarily been holding opposing offenses quite as much as in check as, as we had been in the middle part of the season. So it'd be nice to get back to that. And I think if we're able to really slow down this Browns rushing attack, this could be a get right game mm-hmm. for this Packer defense uh, and uh, they could really wreak some havoc on Saturday. Um, all right. So I know we've got some questions coming in, in the chat. Great, uh, why don't Dane, why, just to kind of keep in rhythm with, with our discussion on the defense mm-hmm. folks, uh, I don't mean to tease this, but we're going to get to some of those questions, but uh, let's talk a little bit more about this Browns offense before we do. Yeah. Um, if Mayfield is able to go, I know I kind of just, threw him under the bus a little bit and in terms of how much respect I have for him. But one of the, he does have an arm. I think one of the things that he likes is uh, he likes to do a lot of the uh, uh, work over the middle, a, a lot of short slants, and, and he can be dangerous in some of those situations. Austin Hooper uh, looks like he cleared uh, COVID protocols at tight end. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to go here on Saturday as well. Um, so those are, I think, Jarvis Landry, He's a very underrated player uh, perennially as a wide receiver. So they've got guys. So I don't want to diminish that, uh, particularly chain moving type players. And that can be really frustrating for a defense because they're going to run the ball 
and they're going to do the short passes. And all of a sudden they're just moving the chains and possessing the ball and moving downfield and uh, Packers defense can't get off the field. So mm -hmm. Dane, I, I'd like to hear from you. How do they counteract that? Because uh, it's as much as it's the run game can be a concern, that short yardage pass game is what could be really frustrating. And, and I get <clears throat> The Packers can be patient and hopefully force them into some mistakes. Yeah. But what are some other things that they can do to try to take some of those things away as well? I'll tell you what, I I hear that um, none of the weapons they have on the offense uh, scare me when, when you base them on the talent the Packers have um, counteracting them on the defensive side. Um Razul Douglas has proven to be an absolute route jumper <laughs> for this Packers team. Um, so on those kind of um, slants and some of those kind of routes, I mean, throw at your own risk going to Razul. And, um, you know, Stokes uh, for a rookie has played remarkably well. I think some of the challenge he's had is when the ball's gone over the top in the air, just tracking the ball. But when we're talking shorter routes, Stokes has been really, really good. Um, this year, he's really been able to actually legitimately shut down receivers at times where the quarterback's just trying to go the other way. And um, Hooper, although Austin Hooper is an okay football player, he's a very good football player. He's a fine starting tight end in this league. He ain't Mark Andrews. And I don't think that Savage is going to have as much trouble if Savage gets the assignment on Austin Hooper, um, consistently having trouble as he did with Mark Andrews last week. So I'll tell you what, if we're able to put down the run game uh, a little bit from the Browns and, and kind of keep that in check, they're going to get theirs here and there. I think Chubb will probably break off a couple good runs because he's just that guy who does that. Um, but if we're really putting the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands, if he's cleared from COVID protocol, um, they're going to get a little bit of yardage. But I really think that we can force turnovers against Baker Mayfield. Um, I think that this this defense is predicated on getting those turnovers. I really, Wags, I really like our chances of getting some, getting Baker to, you know, give us a couple of those balls back. I think that Razul obviously has been that guy, but our safety group as well. I think they're going to be ball hawking a little bit this week, and they're going to dare Baker Mayfield to go deep or try to, you know, get some chunk plays on us. And I just don't think he's going to be capable of doing that. Um, and I just don't think this Browns offense is efficient enough to march down the field on short passes and really beat the Packers consistently. They can do it here or there because they're an NFL offense. But I think overall, if we're talking four quarters of them trying to keep up with Aaron Rodgers and company on the other side of the ball, they're going to have a really hard time doing that if it's mostly through the air. And we're not even talking about the pass rush yet uh, of this Green Bay Packers defense. But I really like um, I like the, the matchup that we're going to see on the edges as well, um, whether it's James Hudson uh, at the right side or a, 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 what is it, Jaderic Willis on the on the left side. Uh, I know Willis is coming off of COVID uh, protocols. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing or not. But either way, Rashawn Gary, um, he's been so close to getting to some of these scrambling quarterbacks over the last couple of weeks. Somebody like Baker Mayfield, who maybe doesn't have the, the scrambling ability of some of the guys we've seen in the past weeks, better watch out. 
because Rashawn's been coming. So I think the Packers will be able to apply pressure, especially if we make them a little bit more one-dimensional tomorrow. It could be a long day at the office if he's got to sit back there and drop back and throw 30-plus times because Gary's going to be coming on one end. Preston Smith's going to be coming off the other edge. And as he's throwing that ball, we've got these route jumpers. And, uh, you know, you can get away with it for a while against this Packer defense, but I like the opportunities that this Browns offense would present for this Packers defense. We're just going to be aggressive. And I think that this Packers defense is looking to make a name for himself and kind of bury that, that notion of, oh, they've given up 28 plus points, four plus weeks. I want, I want them to bury that against this Browns offense tomorrow. Yeah, and you look at Baker Mayfield. He's not a guy that's going to try to run the ball. He's, yeah. um, you know, probably underrated as an athlete, but just does not really try to get out of the pocket and, and move the chains with his legs. So uh, that's been something that's haunted us in a couple of recent games uh, against the Ravens and the Bears. I don't think that Baker will take that script this week. Uh, you know, certainly we need to close when we get the opportunity. Browns have protected him. Okay. Uh, they're in the uh, lower half of the league yeah. uh, in total sacks given up, but they're not atrocious uh, by any means. Um, and actually, Baker, surprisingly, is uh, uh, done pretty well. He, he hasn't thrown a ton of interceptions, only seven interceptions so far on the year. Um, so protected the ball uh, in terms of limiting turnovers pretty well. But that said, I, I agree. I think this this matchup, definitely tilts in the Packers' favor, particularly if they're able to hold up or even win uh, some of those battles up front. And and then I think we can get into some situations where we may force the Browns into trying to come from behind, and they're just not built to do that no, uh, nearly as well as a lot of other offenses in the league are. Um, so, Wait, Dane, so real, I, real quick about Baker Mayfield. He reminds me quite a bit of Matt Stafford, kind of like a second-tier Matt Stafford almost. Um, tough as nails, big guy, super tough, right? Like puts up with a ton of injuries, finds a way to keep playing. Um, he can show flashes of brilliance. Um, unfortunately for, for Baker, I don't know if this offense is tailored even in the way that in the good years for the Lions for Stafford, where they had some kind of big play guys that he could go to, the Calvin Johnsons of the world or some others. I just don't know if he has those weapons around him outside of Chubb right now. Um, so I think that that limits him a little bit as well. Um, but I just think that you're right. He, he doesn't necessarily turn over the ball a ton, but this game is kind of primed for him coming off of a game where he wasn't able to play Um, might be a little bit rusty early, coming into harsh uh, conditions, all of the above. I just think it's the deck stacked a little bit against him this week. I know he's been dealing with a ton of injuries as well. And I do think that this Packers pass rush is going to be coming at him full tilt. It just might be a tough game for Baker. Yeah, for sure. So Dane, um, do we have time to maybe take a couple of these questions here in the chat and then we'll get into uh, wrapping things up with X factors and score predictions. Um, let's start since we're on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, thanks Lee 86 for another good question here. Uh, says maybe you guys talked about this already, but referring to last week's late defensive approach while the Ravens were in hurry up, the defensive line looked gas. So what could the green Bay do? differently besides not play soft coverage. So Dane, I'll let you tee that one up. Uh, what, what do you have to say about this? That's a good question. Um, it was uh, it was hard to watch, I think, uh, last week, um, that kind of near the end of the game there. Um, and you mentioned it, Wags, in our review of that game, kind of the, the, the post-game discussion that we had. Seemed like the Packers played a certain defense almost the entire game. 
And then they kind of just like went off script late in the game in the, in the fourth quarter. And then the, the Ravens were able to get something going. So I would just, it's maybe this is too simplistic, but stay aggressive, uh, stay aggressive this week. Um, I think it'll help that, that um, Kenny's back just from like another body perspective last week the Packers called up Abdullah Anderson from the practice squad and then Abdullah I thought played well but he played 18 snaps and that's quite a few snaps for a guy just getting called up from the practice squad so um, I would hope that this week the Packers just stay on it I think that we need to trust our athletes uh, on that side of the ball I just think that our our corners are are better than the Cleveland Browns uh, offensive weapons are uh, snap to snap. I just think they're better athletes. They're better football players at this stage in their career. So I want us to stay aggressive um, and, and really stay in their face. Cause I don't, I hate that soft coverage. We saw Kevin King way back on a couple of those plays. Kevin King last week kind of filled in for the Henry black role as that third safety. And I'm not against seeing Kevin out there, by the way, as that third safety role, I kind of like it. I think it's a role that he could build into here late in the season. Uh, However, I would really like to see the Packers kind of creep up a little bit more, a little bit more in your face football. If they beat you, they beat you, but don't just give it to them. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's one of those things where um, game flow really plays into that quite a bit. And uh, this week in particular, uh, I'm not as concerned again with uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this now, but I'm just not as concerned. If the Packers are in a similar situation, I don't see the Browns offense being able to um, do the things that the Ravens were doing uh, at the end of the game last week. Um, Can they go down the field and score? Sure. But I, I just don't see um, the same weapons. And every week is a little bit different. And certainly having Kenny Clark out there is going to make a big difference. So, um, Pearson, thanks for your patience. Uh, let's uh, hit this question here yeah. before we uh, move into the uh, final stages of the show. Uh, do you guys find it strange that Matt LaFleur has gotten away with so much, uh, or I'm sorry, gotten away from so much uh, pre-snap motion like last year? Is it because of the evolution of the offense? Uh, Tyler Irvin's gone, something else. So um, I, I don't know for sure. This is a really interesting question as well. Thank you, Pearson. I, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is injuries have definitely played a part here because um, they're not going to just have someone out there. And I think one of the things about pre-snap motion that we've seen less of this year is kind of the um, the the jet sweep look that they were showing quite a bit uh, when Tyler Irvin was part of the program. Uh, that's not been there, but I would say that they are using quite a bit of pre-snap motion, uh, particularly with Devontae Adams. I Dare I say, I don't know the percentages, but I think they've moved Devontae pre-snap more this year than they have in any season in the past. And a lot of that is because they know that the defense is really scheming to try to slow down and put their uh, guys in the best position to have the best matchup for where Devontae's lined up on the field. Mm -hmm. And so by moving Devontae, even if it's just from the outside into the slot, um, or whether they send him all the way across uh, to the, the line of scrimmage and to the other side of the field um, or not, uh, they're able to see, okay, is someone following Devontae? If so, who? Or does that even just check? Uh, we talked about this against the, uh, when they played the Rams. Uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, was not moving or following, but that forced some of those 
pre-snap motions. All of a sudden, Ramsey's lined up against DeGuara instead of Devontae Adams. Uh, so uh, the Packers have been, I think, maybe not as high a percentage. They were like 64% pre-snap motion last year. And forgive me, I don't have the exact percentages. So, Dan, I don't know if you have that at your fingertips for this season. But I think it's been a little bit more subtle in how they've used the pre-snap. And I think they're trying to dial in. Let's not just show the whole jet sweep motion because the, the defenses aren't necessarily respecting that, but how can we shift guys around in a, a more subtle way to really give, give us those looks while also giving us an actually a more effective uh, matchup uh, shift uh, before the snap. And and I, I think that's made them a little bit more effective as the season's gone along. So um, that's a long way of answering the question. Uh, hopefully, Pearson, that's that's um, uh, some insight that I can provide. Dane, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that as well. No, I mean, why why would I touch perfection, Wags? I thought that was good. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think with that, um, you, Dan, do you have any thoughts on special teams? Otherwise, uh, we're just going over an hour here. So if you don't really have a lot on special no. teams. We could dive right into our X factors. Let's get better on special teams. That's my solid insight <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, why don't we start with the defensive X factor this week? So, Dane, who do you have teed up on the defensive side of the ball uh, as an X factor against the Browns this week? It's uh, Chris Barnes, uh, second inside linebacker for the Packers. We're going to have to take away the run. If Chris Barnes plays the way we know he can, um, you know, I think that that would be huge because they're going to match him up, I think, on Hooper a little bit at the tight end position. But I also think they're going to have him really cue in on on Chubb. So I want to see Chris Barnes um, staying out there on the field, being a sure tackler, um, getting tackles around the line of scrimmage and just being physical the way that we know he can be. And if he does that, um, that's going to put the ball on whoever plays quarterback for the Browns on Saturday. And that could be a very long day for Cleveland if Chris Barnes is getting in there and, uh, and you know, forcing some third and longs. Yeah, for sure. I like that pick. I'm going to go with Preston Smith. I thought he had a, a little bit of a tougher game last week, a little bit yeah. of a down performance for him. He's been really steady, uh, great performance all season long. And I think these guys on the edge, Rashawn Gary as well, are just going to be geared up and ready to go. Miles Garrett, who uh, I think these guys want to go out there and prove that they're going to put their name on this game. And uh, for me, I think Preston Smith uh, – He's going to force a fumble. I, I just feel it Love this it. week. Uh, he's done that a couple of times, I think, this season. And uh, so I like Preston Smith to get in there, add to his sack total this week, uh, make an impact. Uh, obviously, every week, key against the run. What Preston does against the run is so underrated. Uh, but I think uh, he's going to have his hands all over that. Uh, portion of the game as well and uh, this this outside pass rush group um, got a little bit uh, exposed I think uh, by what they were doing down the stretch last week I don't say exposed like they're exposed going forward but just mm -hmm. their performance wasn't the best uh, down the stretch last week so I, I think they're going to be a little sounder um, fundamentally and, and I think that's going to tighten things up and Preston Smith is going to lead the way to getting that done so he's my x factor this week that's great. That's great, Wags. Um, offensive side, who you got for your X Factor? Yeah, so I I was thinking long and hard about this, and I don't know if this is fair, but I'm going with Aaron Jones. I think this sure. is to for Aaron Jones 
to be an X factor. I think he's going to have a huge game this week. And I don't know why, uh, but it just feels like it's time. Uh, last week we were seeing uh, with our eyes that he looked really healthy and he had to burst. Uh, mm-hmm. So this week I think he, he's really in the uh, box score going to make his presence felt. So um, I think we might see a multi-touchdown uh, 100 yard plus rush type game uh, from Aaron Jones. And uh, we haven't had that in a, in a while, but I think this week it's uh, going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, uh, maybe a, a big play or two in the runner pass game. Um, so I'm going to, for that reason, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and pick one of our star players as the X factor this week. Love it. I, listen, a couple touchdowns. That's an X factor as far as I'm concerned. That's great. Um, I'm going to go to the wide receiver room this week. Uh, looking like MVS will be unable to play. Uh, obviously, Cobb is still out. I'm going to go with uh, a guy who was out last week battling a concussion. Equinemius St. Brown is going to be my X factor this week. Uh, I think the Browns are going to try to cover up Devontae as much as humanly possible. Um, Alan Lazard could have a, you know, a, a kind of a, a good week this week. Um, but wouldn't be surprised for the Packers to mix in EQ a little bit as well. And I think that just feels like a week where EQ gets in the end zone for the Packers. I don't know why he's a big bodied guy. Packers around the end zone uh, in the goal line situation. Maybe they find EQ there. I think he moves the chains a couple times as well. I know we talked a ton about the tight ends today, but I think EQ is the guy who comes up with a big play and, and a touchdown for the Packers. I think he's had some really good weeks. Uh, for the Packers, previous to the injury, uh, offensively, he's done some really nice things. And I think he's going to come back. He's going to have another nice one this week. I'm not talking 100 yards, but I'm talking 50 yards and a touchdown. Be a good week for EQ. Uh, so he's going to be my X factor, right? I like that pick as well. So, Dane, getting into the score predictions then, um, I'll, I'll lead it off. And I'll tell you what. Uh, this is a Browns team that's certainly capable. If if we let them stay in it, it could be a grinded out four quarter close game. Uh, I think the Packers though are really due uh, to uh, put a team away early uh, on Christmas day. Yeah. I think they're going to be coming out fired up. Uh, this is getting down to the stretch here. I don't think this Browns team's very good. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. You look at some of the results they've had against the good teams that they face, and they've gotten blown out in pretty much every single one of them. Uh, so uh, are they capable of making this game? Are they capable of winning? Sure. But I, I don't think it's happening this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the uh, Packers, this is going to be a complete football game, start to finish, and uh, Packers put them away pretty early in the second half. Browns don't make a fight late. Uh, 34-13, I've got Green Bay taking care of business on Christmas Day uh, and really making a statement. Uh, and, and no more of this close getting by stuff. Uh, they're going to say, we're the best team in the league. Here's why. This is how we do it on green, on national TV on Christmas Day. So that's how I got it, Dane. Now, guys, go prove me right. Uh, I don't need – I want a, a low-stress game for once, uh, and uh, I like this week to be one of those games. I love it, Wags. Um, we didn't plan this. I don't know anybody who's watching. I had 34-14. Um, so <laughs> – Within a point uh, of your prediction, folks, we do not talk about our predictions ahead of time. Um, But same reason. I think the Packers offense keeps rolling along. 
Um, Browns get down uh, early and they're having a hard time. They just can't climb back. They're just a team that can't climb back. Uh, and then the D- Packers defense gets really, really, uh, they smell blood in the water and they start taking balls away and they start doing that whole thing. So maybe it's close going into halftime. I think the Browns maybe early in the game get in scoring position and they try to go for it. Don't get it. You know, there's all that kind of stuff that goes on in these types of games, but then the Packers just take over steamroll the second half. We're all having our brandy old fashions by about four 30 on Christmas afternoon, watching the Packers take care of business yet again at Lambeau field. I, I, Dane, I, I gotta tell you, you're reading my mind and, uh, that would be uh, just a great way to, to toast victory. I think if, if the Packers do do that tomorrow. So, uh, folks, thanks so much for all the great questions and joining yeah, in today. Fun. Really appreciate it. Appreciate everyone, uh, following us all season long. If you're new, um, and you didn't catch the full show here on our, uh, stream on our Twitter feed, uh, YouTube channel, and on our Facebook page. Um, follow us. Uh, we also have the audio uh, is available. Download uh, wherever you get your podcast. Lombardi's Legends. Uh, I'm Wags. And that's Dane. Uh, so thanks so much. And uh, as always, be legendary and go pack go, pack, go. go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.